0: You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. If we have not had the privilege meeting yet, you just heard the introduction. My name is Thomas Magby. I am married to the lovely Sarah Magby. Uh, Asher has been kind enough that you don't have to be standing at the back right now. So we also have a beautiful six-week-old um, Asher, Lucas, Magby, who hopefully all of you have had a privilege to hold at this point. Um, if after, um, he's wonderful, um, if after hearing Sean's introduction um, and wondering why, like, you know, the catechist is usually a much smaller group, it's usually a back and forth. If, if you're wondering why I'm standing up here instead of Sean standing up here, I'm, run, I'm wondering the same thing. So, today's passage will be focusing on Luke, the story of Mary and Martha. Uh, if you've been around church for a while, you've heard this story before, and you're probably expecting something to the effect of, uh, there's this very faithful woman, Mary, she uh, has this presence, she's with Christ, and there's this mean Martha, and Martha just wants to accomplish what, what she wants, she wants to serve and impress Christ, um, and Martha will be rebuked, Mary will be praised, and that's kind of the end of the story. And most of those parts are true, but, but there's much more happening in the story in Luke. When Jesus first enters the town in the story in Luke, it's, it's Martha, not Mary, who first uh, who finds Christ, who says, Christ, come into our house. Uh, later in the story, Martha will call Jesus uh, Lord. She, she knows who this Christ is. She has this reverence. She wants to bring Christ into her home. She wants to serve him and honor him in her actions. The translation we just read said that Mar- uh, that said that Martha was distracted by many tasks, but in the ESV translation it says that Martha uh, was distracted with much serving. So what she's doing is a good thing. Martha is wanting to serve this this, this Christ who is right in front of her, um, and I relate with that. Think of when you have people over to your home. Think of the way that you want to welcome them in. I think of. Uh, When uh, people come over, we want to get drinks for them, we want to clear our house, clean our house. Uh, We have an overly friendly golden retriever, we want to hold that golden retriever back because she will tackle you. We want to soothe our our crying baby so that you actually want to be in our house. There, There are all these things that we are doing for people when they come over, but imagine how that anxiety ratchets up when it's not just a friend coming over, but it's the head of your company when it's some local uh, elected official, when it's someone of, with some influence coming into your house. Well, ratchet it up even further, imagine it's the living God, the, this God that says, be holy for I am holy, he's the one coming into your house. How much more are you going to try and make things perfect in that house? How much more are you going to try and prove that you are, in fact, as holy as he calls us to be? And I just have to put myself in this position of Martha. You have this other person in the house, you're doing all this work, and the slacker good for nothing Mary just doesn't want to do anything, <laughs> right? She, she's, uh, you know, Martha's cleaning up and Mary's just like sitting on the couch and like won't even move to let Martha dust under her, which definitely not in the text, but you know, you can't prove it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so just like imagine that person of some influence being in your house and you have this person with you who's not helping you clean up the house. Uh, that would be really frustrating. And this person doesn't have to be a sister. This could be a spouse. This could be a roommate. They're, this could be anyone. And uh, you've probably felt this uh, this uh, righteous indignation at people like that before. Because it's definitely righteous. It's definitely righteous. <laughs> but you've, or you've felt that indignation before, at least. Um, but the third verse gives us some indication that not everything is, is righteous with Martha. We're told that uh, she is distracted, and she demands for Christ to do something about it. She, she demands that he tell her t- uh, to help me. She then even uh, tries to trap Christ by saying, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Well, there's a, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, how are you gonna answer that question? It's, I mean, it's, it's that same category of question as do I look fat in this dress where there is no right answer to that question. <laughs> there, there and, uh, and for Christ to even approach this question of do you not care that she's not helping, he has to sidestep the entire question. If he were to answer the question directly, he would appear cold and uncaring. If he were to say, no, I don't care that Mary Mary is not helping. If he were to say, yes, I do care, he would have to rebuke the person who's actually listening to and following him. So in this manner of pure genius, he sidesteps the question and cuts to the heart of things and says to Martha, you are worried and distracted. Christ isn't correcting her actions. he's, He's acknowledging and correcting her motives. The problem isn't the service. It's that she's doing it out of a place of anxiety and distraction. So Christ he corrects and says and says that that you're worried and distracted but then invites her into closer intimacy with him Jesus says to Martha there's there's need of only one thing and Mary has chosen the better part which will not be taken away with her which will which will not be taken away from her that better part is also still available to Martha this Christ is still standing right in front of her and in preparing for the sermon, whenever you see like a, a picture of the Mary and Martha story, the most common picture is the moment after this, where it's not in the text, but Martha then um, repents and, and has this, this time with Christ. It's Mary, Martha, and Christ. And that's the invitation that's available um, to us also. So what, what's happening in, this, in these few verses? And of course, the answer is a lot. Um, So this Mary and Martha story is immediately preceded in Luke 10 by the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan has similar themes about seeing needs in front of us, serving those needs in front of us, no matter who that person is. So we move from the Good Samaritan story, meet those needs that are in front of us, to someone who is trying to meet needs in front of her. Martha is trying to do good for the Christ in front of her. Um, but instead of only focusing on serving him, she ends up serving her desires and her anxieties. She misses the significance of the fact that Christ Himself is with her because she is so focused on her own goals of serving that anxiety. Now it seems, uh, you know, just a whatever, just a step away from this. I, I think this is a good time to tell you all that I, I highly recommend that everyone in this room at some point get the chance to stand up here and preach a message. You should probably talk with Sean before you do that, but. I still think everyone should do it. Um, the, the best part of preaching is that you're given these verses, you're told what verses to preach on, it's the best, and you get to like let those verses kind of bounce around in your head for however long you get to prepare for it. Um, and so, that's probably me, sorry. Um, and so, what I've had the opportunity of having bounce around in my head is the, star- the story of Mary and Martha, where, um, again, Martha receives a gentle rebuke, Mary is praised for, merely having a faithful presence. It's been hugely influential for me in um, raising Asher that um, at six weeks old, um, uh, he's not very great at communication yet. Um, um, He, well, he's great at communication actually. He always tells me when he needs something, but he never tells me what it is. So yeah, I guess whatever form of communication that is. Um, uh, In the middle of the night, he'll wake up and he'll start screaming. And my instinct is always to go and I wanna do something but I want to do something with the intention of getting him to stop crying, right? Like, I'm, I, I have a purpose in that interaction with him. Um, it's not merely, it's like I wanna go back to bed is why I'm helping this beautiful, beautiful child. Um, and I'm going through all the things. Is it that he's hungry? Is it a dirty diaper? Um, is it um, that he's so tired he won't go to sleep, which is still a thing that makes no sense to me? Um, and again, it's all from this place of what do I have to do to get this right thing from you? But what I'm finding more and more is that there is no answer to it. The, the answer is that for nine months he was, he was happy to be with Sarah, to have this deep intimacy with her. He was warm and well taken care of and he wants that closeness. Like that's what he's crying out for is he wants that closeness, um, usually with Sarah, but sometimes with me when he's feeling nice. Um, and, and that is what we're invited into. That is the type of intimacy and presence that we have the opportunity of having with God. It's not us having to act a certain way to get a reaction from him it's god saying that what he wants is simply us Um, i often feel this pressure to serve god like martha even this morning i'm back in the sacristy like what can i do to prepare Um, what prayer do i need to do what thing do i need to do and Britt had to tell me just stop (laughs) like just you just need to be here right now like i'm preaching on this message anyway whatever in recognition of my sinfulness and in thankfulness for what Christ's sacrifice has done, I want to give and give. And, and I, again, I want to say service is not bad. Um, I, think every, I think everyone should be encouraged to serve. Um, there's a coffee team that if you're looking for a service opportunity, we would love for you to sign up for that. But there are good and bad reasons to serve. Serving from a place of an overflow of thankfulness can be good, but the sign of a healthy serving is wh- uh, when you can non-anxiously take a break from it and enjoy God's grace without feeling like you might have to earn it. Hebrews calls entering into salvation, uh, entering into God's rest. Entering into God's rest. Is restful how you would describe your spiritual walk? Is restful how you would describe your service? When we serve outside of that place of restfulness, when we're trying to earn things for ourselves, when we're trying to serve like Martha, we are choosing to live uh, a life like that passage in in, uh, Amos. Um, In that passage, it opens with this really cool picture of a basket of summer fruits, and essentially the story, like, oh, look, these summer fruits look nice don't they you're not going to get them you're going to get plague and misery and baldness baldness is in the list um like going to get all this bad stuff um but we on the other side of the crucifixion we get the basket of summer fruits we get god we have that purchased for us through christ we have access to the treat the israelites longed for and hoped for and worked their lives for and still couldn't earn that idea of earning is what's in Psalms, that the reward for a faithful life is to, to reside in God's tent, abide in God's tent to dwell on your holy hill. Again, we are given that now. We are credited that, that, that uh, gift, that credit of a perfect life that we don't live, that we did not earn, that Christ only could accomplish for us. We can have this presence with God because of what God has done for us, not because of what we can do for him. This is brought home even further in Colossians, where it says that in our sin we were estranged, we were far from God, but through Christ's sacrifice we have been reconciled. So now we hold firm to the gospel, not to our own actions, which is the story of Psalms and Amos. We've moved on to needing faith in what God has done instead of needing to do perfectly what has been commanded. So, what do we do? We, like Mary, should choose the good portion, which will not be taken away. We should draw close to Christ. And the clearest and most tangible way for us to do that is to draw forth with thankfulness to Christ's table, to receive this gift of his body and his blood. We should receive this with thankfulness, recognizing that it was bought for us with Christ's suffering. He is, what ear- he is the one who earns for us uh, this righteousness. It's not any service of our own. And you'll hear Sean say this later, but to come forward to this table, you should be baptized, which is to say that you should give your life to Christ. Uh, and if you have not done that, if you have not repented of your sin and had faith, I'd love to talk with you. Sean would love to talk with you. If you'd like to learn more about what it means to commit your life to Christ and to live as a Christian, we have a wonderful catechism class taught by a, a very handsome fellow at nine o'clock before services. It will start back in August, so please be there for that. You've probably heard before that the vision for Res is to live together in the goodness of God, and that is the vision of presence and nearness to God, not expecting or demanding anything of him or feeling that he is demanding anything of us to earn that spot in that goodness. So likewise, one of our clearest applications is to live out that vision of life together in the goodness of God, by being here on Sunday mornings, by sharing your life with people here, particularly through table groups, by joining the coffee team. (laughs) But before any of those things, before we take any action, we must draw near to Christ himself, who prepares that life of rest for us, a life of strength and peace, a life of forgiveness and new beginnings, a life truly enjoying his presence. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.